If you have your Bible, turn it to Matthew chapter 27. We're going to... 27? Did I say 27? Yes. Whoops. It's supposed to be 7. If it Does it show 27 on the, on the screen? No, no, like... Okay, good, 7. Okay, perfect. It is 7. I'm just really tired. That's all that is, okay? Um, if you don't have your handout already, look under your rear end. You should totally have one. And if not, there's a bunch of empty seats, especially up here in the front. You can grab one. We're all going to have this um, to literally stay on the same page the entire time we go um, through this. While you are turning to Matthew chapter 7, um, I just want to tell you a quick little story. How y'all feel about that? Sure. Yeah? Sure. Okay. Have you guys ever been hoodwinked? Like bamboozled. Like somebody told you who they were, and then it comes out later, oh, that's actually not true. Yeah? Anybody ever had that before? Yeah? Here, here is a really funny example of how that worked one time. Except it wasn't a person, and then their different identity. It was um, sports balls. Like a volleyball, and a basketball, and a tennis ball, and all those things. Okay? So, I will never do this to you guys, because I love you. Okay? Um, but when I was in middle school... Excuse me. We did not go to summer camp. Like when we go to intensity or fall retreat, stuff like that, we didn't do that. We went to a youth conference in Garland or by Dallas, except we drove there from Illinois. So it was a very, yeah, I lived in Illinois. It was a long drive. And um, we went to this conference and they would always play a game at the beginning of the service, just kind of like we did, except they did different games every time. And uh, which was only normally done until we started doing this tournament thing. But one of the games they played one time was called a sports relay. Okay? So they had four big boxes in front of the stage, maybe five, and on top of all of them was a different sports ball, like a volleyball on one, a football on another, basketball, baseball, golf ball, you know, all down the line. And on top of those sports balls, they had like a smaller box to cover it up so you couldn't see what was under the box. Um, and the point of the game was, we picked three or four people, they picked three or four people actually, and they sent them out to the other room, and then they turned the microphones off and they went like this. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're going to send them in, and they have to pull the boxes up off of the top boxes and tell us what sport is under the box. But what they don't know, and then they like pointed over at the last box, is that our, our preacher for the week, his name was Rudy, um, is actually under that box, and his head is stuck through a through hole in it. And so we're, we're going to send them to box number one, and then box number three, and then box number two, and then we're going to send them to box number five at the very end, and they have to pull the box up, and it's really just to scare them. It's not to actually play the game. It's just to scare them, and we're all going to laugh. It's going to be great. So, like I said, I would never do that to you, right? Because I love you. And what happened was the most hilarious five minutes of my life that I had up until that point. Um, and it was awesome. Like, this, these, like, high school girls and sometimes, like, high school senior, like, there's one guy that was, like, clearly, like, a lineman on the senior football, like, varsity football team. He was a giant young man, um, intimidating type of person. And he pulled that box up and really went, boop. And he about peed himself, y'all. It was so funny. <laughs> he, like, fell on the ground and, like, rolled over and he was like, no! And he was so dramatic about it. It was awesome. Like, I put that man in the spring musical. He is a, dr- a drama type of person. It was awesome. But no, listen, we played that game, and it was so funny for us. And you know why it was funny for us? Because they were getting messed with, right? They thought they knew what the reality was, but then they lifted up the box and found out, ooh, actually, surprise, there's something here that you weren't expecting, right? And I start there because 
We are in a series right now called Welcome Home. It is all about how, as middle schoolers, it is, let's just admit, can we all just admit that finding and being good friends in middle school is probably one of, if not the hardest part about middle school, right? It is very difficult to find good friends who will loyally stay with you the entire time. And it is also very hard to be a good friend, right? It's one of the harder parts of middle school for most people. And so we actually are making it a goal to talk about friendships every single year while we're doing our Wednesday nights. Um, so that every time you come to Fuse, um, every grade you come to Fuse in, I guess, you're hearing about friendships. And so tonight, we're continuing our series called Welcome Home. And we're calling it Welcome Home because God created us people to be followers of Jesus. That's what we're made for. We're supposed to walk hand in hand with God, trust him to let us know what's good and what's not. And when we do that, the plans he has for us on the other side of that are really, really, really cool. We just don't have a really good way to imagine what they would be because we've never experienced a world where everybody's doing that, right? But we have met some people in the world before who follow Jesus with their whole lives, and they're super cool people. Because they're like the legit Christians, right? Like the ones who actually have it figured out to some degree. And they actually love people like the Bible says they should love people. Um, and they're not like super controlling of people. And they're not like super like mean with the way that they, they follow Jesus, right? We've all met somebody like that before, right? Who's like figured it out with Jesus. Yeah, 100%. And so we are trying to see if we can make middle schools in Parker County be those kinds of groups of friends by you guys choosing to be followers of Jesus in everyday life, in every single moment. And when we do that, we're part of God's family, and we invite everybody into the family, and so we say, welcome home, right? That's where the name of the series comes from. And so last week, we talked about how you're not in God's family until you're in God's family, right? Like, the, the table is set for everybody. You have to choose to sit down there, though, and be a part of the family. And so we talked about what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus, and how if we don't get that figured out, then that's not, nothing else is going to matter. We also talked about how because it's open to us, it's also open to everybody we don't like, because we all have made mistakes, right? So that was last week. This week, we're going to start talking about, for the next three Wednesdays, except for the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, because we will not have church that Wednesday. I will be in Illinois with my family. You should be with your family, right? Um... And Kevin and Amanda will be in St. Louis an hour down the road for me, which is wild. But anyway, um, so we're going to be talking about, like, what kinds of things people in God's family do. Because if we're going to be followers of Jesus and be in God's family, we need to have it figured out about what it looks like to be a part of God's family, right? Otherwise, we can't be good friends. And we don't know what kind of friends to look for that are going to be the best kinds of friends for us, Right? And so tonight, this is what we're talking about. This is our big idea. So if you've got your hand out, it's the two gray boxes at the top. Big idea is this. Ready? In God's family, we love and trust Jesus. We love and trust Jesus. We're going to break that down as we read our verses. Verses. Man. Like I took like Benadryl or something, you know, just for that one syllable. Um in God's family, we love and trust Jesus. We're going to break that down as we look through our verses. Um, but for now, go ahead and write that down. So we were all, we've all got that on our mind. Okay? Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Matthew 7 is the end of what is called Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. This is where Jesus basically explains, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God or part of the family of God or be the person you were made to be, this is what your life should look like. The Sermon on the Mount was a big explanation of what God's people do. And in fact, the last time we did a big sermon series on friendships, our 8th graders may remember this, it was called All of My Best Friends, right? 
And we, we introduced Best Friends, the song that you guys love so much when we did that series. Um, and we actually went through the Sermon on the Mount in that series because that's all about how to be a good follower of Jesus, a.k.a. a good friend, right? And so he finishes up his, uh, his stories and all of his sermon with a story of um, the, the house that's built on the sand and the house that's built on the rock. You guys ever heard that story before from Jesus? Yeah? There's an old song from, like, Sunday school that was like, The wise man built his house upon the rock, right? Okay, so anyway, um, that's what he finishes with. And right before he does that story, this is what he says, okay? Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Here we go. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, which is the day Jesus comes back the second time, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, which means we spoke for you. We spoke for God. In your name, and we cast out demons in your name, and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never what? I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. We all pray with me real quick, and then I'll break this down. Okay. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this group of students. I pray that you speak to them tonight from your word. Uh, I pray that you speak through me um, and that you help them to grow closer to you and be more like Jesus because of what we do tonight in this room. Um, And I pray that you use me, that I'd be helpful to them. Um, And that anyone in this room who just has questions um, or feels far from you or just doesn't know what the next step to take is with their relationship with you, that you would help them to see this is a safe place um, and that they can ask any questions they have um, from any of us. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Here we go. We're going to go quick because we've got 15 minutes. Think we can do it? I think we can do it. Here we go. Um, How many of you guys can think, I don't want you to say anything, but raise your hand if you can think of a moment in your life where this has happened before, where you interacted with someone who you could call maybe your friend, maybe not my super close friend, but you know them, right? And you see them at school or you hang out with them some, and they say they're a follower of Jesus. Or at least they say they're a Christian or they believe in God. But then they do or say something and it really confuses you about whether or not they actually meant that when they said it. Anybody think of somebody like that? Yeah? Okay. Keep your hand up if it might be possible for you to say, I may have actually been that person sometimes too. Where I've said that I follow follow Jesus. Where I follow Jesus. My brain just tried to say follow and follower at the same time, and it just took out the O-W there in the middle. I follow Jesus. Anyways, um, can y'all tell I have ADD? Yeah. It's 100% in my brain. Um, anyways, um, there's been a lot of moments where we say we're followers of Jesus and that we are believers in God and that we're Christians, right? But then we do and say things where we're like, ooh, I really hope nobody saw that. I really hope nobody heard that because I don't know if I should have done that, right? Or said that? Okay. So I think there are a lot of us who, as we try to figure out who is a good friend to have and who's not, or whether or not it's okay to like keep getting closer and closer to this person, we have moments where it's like, well, we're confused by them, or like things kind of feel funky between us when it comes to what we believe, but I don't really feel comfortable asking them what they believe. I don't really feel like it's my place to talk to them about what we believe. Um, and so I'm just not going to say anything because, I mean, they say they believe in God and they go to church too. So, I mean, that's what it takes to be friends with other Christians, right? They just have to believe in God and go to church. Anybody felt something like that before? Where you like, 
you don't get intentional with this other person about what they believe, but just think, yeah, they believe in God, so that's that's good enough. I can be friends with them, right? Or they go to church, I can be friends with them. Okay, I think we do that more than we want to admit. Because we have confusing thoughts about what our friends believe. Like, we know that it's important what our friends believe, right? You guys know that, right? What your friends believe about God, about life, about the world, all those kinds of things, it's very important. We understand that, right? How many of you guys feel like you could stand up here and explain why it's important? One hand. Okay. Maybe two or three. Okay. It's not a common feeling, right? It is very common for us to acknowledge, yes, it's very important what what my friends believe, but we can't always say why it's important to, to know what they believe, right? And that's kind of what we're um, that's kind of what we're uh, uh, like tackling tonight. So the first blank to fill in underneath the big idea is we often know that it is important. Um, we we know what our friends believe is important. We just don't always know why it's important, right? This is what we're talking about tonight. We often know that it is important what our friends believe, but we don't always know why it is important. And Jesus says some very interesting things in this passage. Because he says, not everyone who tells me Lord, Lord, or calls me Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. That's interesting because Jesus is saying in that, in that, in that one sentence that there are people out here, out there in the world, who will call Jesus Lord. They will say, Jesus is my king. He's my boss. But they won't make it in. And then he explains why. He says, the only people who will enter the kingdom of heaven are the ones who do the will of my Father in heaven. So this is going to get really confusing. How many of you guys have ever heard a statement like, there's nothing you can do to get into heaven? Right? You can't work hard enough to get into heaven. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. Right? Okay. Jesus is not saying that you have to do something to get into heaven. But he's also kind of saying that you have to do something to get into heaven. Okay? The reality is, nobody gets into heaven unless they always do good works ever. The difference is, all of us, we can't do enough of them. We can't be good enough people. And so we have to rely on the good works Jesus did by dying on the cross for us to be the reason why we get into heaven. See how that works? It still comes down to somebody did all the good works. It just isn't us. We let Jesus' works pay for ours. See how that works? And Jesus is not saying, you've got to fix everything and be a good, perfect, a good, perfect person and never messes up and never makes any mistakes or you're not getting into heaven. What he's saying is, if you say that Jesus is the king of your life and is the Lord of your life, but your actions show that you don't trust him and you do whatever you want instead of what he says then you have a serious question to answer in your heart. Do you truly follow Jesus? It's worth answering. It's worth looking into. It does not mean that those who follow Jesus are never going to mess up and never make mistakes. It just means that if you constantly, always, forever, over and over and over and over and over again, never make the right choices and only do whatever you want and you know what God has said he wants you to do, but you never make those choices but you tell everybody you're a follower of Jesus, then something's off in there, right? But if you tell people you're a follower of Jesus and you, you're, you're living your life every day trying to do the things that God wants you to do and intentionally choosing, I'm not going to go to those places where I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not going to hang out with those people who are going to get me in trouble. I'm not going to go watch those things that are going to get me in trouble. And then every once in a while, one of those things happens 
That's different. Right? But then there are other people who are like, oh yeah, I go to church. I'm a Christian. I follow Jesus. I'm a believer. Do you guys know there was one guy in the world that my friend who's a pastor and travels all over those, he, he, he went to this service and he preached and afterwards the guy was like, listen, I, I understand what you're saying um, about following Jesus and trusting him to be my savior, but I'm good already. I'm a Christian because I was born in San Antonio. He literally believed that being born in San Antonio in the South where there's a lot of Christians was enough to get him into the kingdom of heaven. And he's one of those people where his everyday choices and his everyday life said, well, I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell people I'm a Christian, but I'm going to do whatever I want. Right? His life was proof that, mm, I don't think he really trusted Jesus like he said he did. Whereas other people, there's a guy named Robbie Zacharias. You guys ever heard of him? Robbie had some big mistakes that he made in his life. Some things that he did that were not good. But there were other things Robbie did that are very evident that Jesus was in his heart and Jesus changed him big time. So Robbie made mistakes. And we didn't find out about a lot of those things until after Robbie died. But the track record that Robbie had up until that point was evident that Jesus had changed his heart to a big degree. But it didn't mean that he didn't make mistakes. Right? Jesus is saying that when you choose to follow Jesus and you say he is the king of your life and you mean it, then you're going to start making decisions every day that are going to prove to people that he really did change your heart. Right? In the book of James, Jesus' brother James says, you are not saved by works, but let your faith be, like, work out your salvation in good works. He's saying, like, let the salvation that you have in your heart, the relationship you have with Jesus, come out and make you do good works. If you don't see those happening, you've got to ask yourself, hmm, am I really trusting Jesus in this moment right now? Because it doesn't look like I am. And when we're looking for our friends, and we're trying to figure out who we're going to spend our time with, it can be really tempting to be like, well, they go to that other church. They're Christians, so I'm going to be friends with them. Even though we know that while they're at school, they constantly disrespect the teachers over and over and over again. And they are constantly using terrible language, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, and why that's not okay. And I'm pretty sure that they are constantly, or sometimes it's not even like a pretty sure thing. It's like, we just straight up know they are looking at very awful, inappropriate things on their phone, and they don't care who knows about it. I've sat at lunches at y'all's middle schools. I could point to the table I was sitting at at Millsat Middle School when I heard some sixth grade boy make a joke about an inappropriate adult website that he had seen. I know it's happening, right? But I also know that that kid would have said that he would, he'd never been here. He's never been in this room. I'm just saying, I know that it happened, right? And you guys wouldn't even know who he is at this point. But I know that the moment happened, and I also know enough about that kid to know that he would have said that he was a Christian. But he's doing things like that because he wants his friends to like him, and he wants people to laugh at him, right? And so he finds a meme about those things and says, hmm, this is, what, this is what's going to get people to laugh at me, so I'm going to share it. It's not okay. Because what happens in God's family is our goal is to point each other closer to Jesus. We're not just going to get around uh, 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 in a room like this and all sing songs to Jesus for a little bit for like an hour and then leave and go do whatever we want and treat people like trash and objectify people and do whatever we want while we disrespect the people around us. It's not how it works in the family of God. You are not living the way God made you to live, the best way that you could live, the best life that you could have if the actions that you do are constantly these things where you're disrespecting people and you're using terrible language and you're hanging around with the wrong people. It's not good for you. And it hurts. 
And I bet you'd be willing to say that there have been a lot of moments and decisions that you've made that you know aren't okay, but you did it anyway because you wanted people to like you or you wanted to see what it was about. And then you got to the other side of it and you regretted it. And if we were all really honest about the things we've done, the places we've been, we would probably be able to all tell all of us, say that there's one, at least one thing, but I'm sure it's more. Where we knew we probably shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway because we wanted people to like us. Or because we wanted to see what it was like. Or because we had been hearing about it all until we got to middle school and then we decided, yeah, I'm going to do it now. Whatever it is, we've got those regrets. And Jesus says, if we're constantly taking those, making those choices... We have to reconcile what's going on in our hearts or we're not going to see Jesus the way we think we will. Our works don't send us to heaven. The good things we do do not send us to heaven. Jesus's do. But if our things that we do are consistently the wrong things, then we're making our decisions where we're Lord and we're God, not Jesus. And Jesus said, "This is Jesus is saying this is a serious thing. We need to make sure we're paying attention to it." So here's my, here's a question for you: How are we supposed to follow Jesus when all of our friends around us are constantly distracting us and lying to us about what's important? And this is why we started with where we started. That kid in the in the cafeteria that turns around and says, "This is funny," and in his mind he's thinking, even if he's not thinking these words, he's feeling this. Laugh at me. Make me feel valuable, right? What he's saying is, this is good, this is funny, and this is what will make me feel valuable. Are any of those things true? No. But we're all living life in middle school to some degree of this. Where we do and we say things that are not okay, but we tell ourselves they're okay enough because they'll get us what we want. They'll get people to like us. They'll get people to support us. They'll get people to hang out with us, whatever. And we're all lying to ourselves. So how are we supposed to be the people we're supposed to be when everybody's lying to each other? It's not going to work, is it? Can you imagine? Well, let's just put it this way. How many of you guys have paid any kind of attention to anything election in the last few weeks? Like politics and that kind of stuff. Okay? How many of you, how many of you guys that have your hands up, or even if you don't, would say it is pretty common right now for people to stretch the truth and just tell outright lies in politics, right? And does that make it clearer for us on who to choose? Makes everything more confusing, doesn't it? It does. Because as much as we don't want to admit it, that kind of stuff happens on both sides of the aisle. To some degree. It might be more in some places than others and with some people than it is with others, but it does happen on both sides of the aisle. You know why? Because we're all broken, simple people. All of us. Every single one of us. And the second we start saying, I'm better than you, we miss it. And we start lying to each other again, which is a lot of what we talked about last week. So how are we supposed to follow Jesus and be the people we were made to be when all of our friends are distracting us and lying to us about what's important? Here's the thing. Your friends, like that kid, that kid that showed the meme on his phone, do you think he knew he was lying? I don't think he did. I think he genuinely believed this is good, this is funny, this is what will make me feel valuable. Right? That's why he did it. In that moment, his action revealed that that's the things he believed. Because he did it. See what I'm saying? If he didn't believe it was true, would he have done it? No. No, I don't think most of us realize that we're believing these lies when we do. 
But we need to understand that when we get to the end of them and they're hurting us like that, because here's the deal. In that moment, he may not have realized how much it was going to hurt him, but thinking like that about that meme and about those things he saw on his web, on that website and the, and the attitude he had toward women because of that and all kinds of things like that, it's messing up the way he views the world. The more he does that, there will be consequences down the road. It's not worth it. And there's consequences in the moment. There were people at the table who were disgusted by it, right? It didn't work like he wanted it to. But at the moment, I don't think he realized as he did it how big of a lie it was. And most of us are like that. When we, when we realize we're going to get caught by our parents and we say, oh, no, I didn't do that. But we all know that you did it. Right? In that moment, we're saying, this is what's better for me. It is better for me to lie to my parents. And what's true about us in that moment is that we're actually believing a lie before we ever tell a lie. And the lie we're believing is telling a lie to my parents will be good for me. How many of you guys had that bite you in the rear end after you tried it? Yeah, it's not worth it, is it? Honesty is always better. So here's the last thing I want us to write in our blanks. And we're going to finish here. Just because they go to church, or even just because they believe in God, does not mean that they are truly Christian. It does not mean that they are truly Christian. It does not mean that we are truly Christian either. Just because we go to church or just because we say we believe in God, it does not mean, we should have a slide for this, Wyatt. Just because we say these things, it, sh- it does not mean that we are truly Christians. We have to remember this. As we're looking for good friends to hang out with, if we're trying to be the right kind of friend, what we need to do is focus on Jesus. The more we look at Jesus, the more we will see what it looks like to be the kind of person we were made to be. Did you guys know that Jesus did everything Israel was supposed to do as a nation? He just did it in miniature version. Jesus got baptized in the Jordan River, right? And they came out of the Jordan River. And then what did he do immediately after, if you know the story? As soon as he got baptized, he went out into the wilderness for 40 days and got tempted by the devil, right? How many of you guys know how many years the Israelites wandered in the desert? Yeah. 40. 40. Oh my goodness. It's almost like it's on purpose. Right? 40 days. 40 years. What river did they have to cross to get into Israel? The Jordan. And Jesus got baptized in the Jordan. Right? Adam and Eve stood in front of a tree. Right? And had to choose what they were going to do. Are they going to go their way or are they going to go God's way? And the night before Jesus dies... Where does he go? After the Last Supper, he goes to an olive garden. <laughs> right? Sorry, I just realized what that sounded like when I said it. He goes to an olive tree grove, right? A fruit tree grove. And in front of the tree, he prays to God and he says, he says, I don't know if I want to do this because it's going to be awful. Right? If there's a way for you to do this differently, God, do it. But if this is what you want me to do, then not my will be done, God, but yours. Which is exactly what Adam and Eve were supposed to do, right? All of those moments are moments where Jesus passes the tests that all the other humans before him failed, right? And it shows that he is the true human. If we want to know what it's like, what it's like to be a, a real human, the real way to be human, we look at Jesus. And the more we do it, The more we trust him, the more we love him, the more we focus on him, the more we'll start looking like him. And the more we'll start recognizing people who look like him out in the world, right? 
Do you guys know how the government trains people to look for counterfeit fake money? They never look at fake money ever. They only look at real money. And they study those real dollars and those real $100 bills and those real gold coins and all those things for years. And then they turn them loose and say, go find the fake money. And do you know how they know what the fake money is? They've been looking at the real money the whole time. Here's another way to do it. How many of you guys know what poison ivy looks like? How many, how many things on the leaves? Or how many leaves on the thing? Three. Three. Are the edges of the leaves smooth? No. No? What do they look like? What color is the stem on poison ivy? It's not green. It's a reddish brown, right? How do you know that the leaves on the trees outside aren't poison ivy? Because you know what poison ivy looks like, right? When you walk in the woods, you can tell. I don't know what that leaf is, but I know it's not poison ivy, right? And this is how it works. When we see people that we come into contact with and we say, who's going to be my best friends that I'm going to spend the most time with? The more we look at Jesus, the more we can look out at those people and say, I don't know what that person is looking after. I don't know what they're trusting. I don't know what direction they're going, but it's not toward Jesus, right? And I'm not saying I don't like that person. I'm not saying I hate that person. I'm just saying I don't want to go the way that person's going. So I'm going to go this way with these people who are clearly following Jesus because they look like him. They sound like him. They're doing the things that he was doing. They're loving each other. They're supporting each other. They're welcoming people in. They know there's room at the table for everybody, right? We're going to look for those people, and we're going to spend time with those people. We won't recognize it until we look at Jesus first. So here's what we're going to do. If you're in this room and you don't have a relationship with Jesus... I'm sorry, but you're missing out. Actually, I'm not sorry. You're, you're missing out. There is a life you could be living that could be better and more fulfilling and richer for you. Not like more money, but just like rich, like rich chocolate cake, you know? Delicious. Like more intense in a good way. If you chose to say, hey, Jesus is my king, and then you start walking the direction he's walking. If you do have a relationship with Jesus, I want to ask you a question. Do you think you read your Bible as much as you could? No. Well, here's what I don't want you to feel. Because you meet with Jesus in, in your Bible. That's where you learn most about him and get to know him best. Jesus is not saying tonight, if you don't have a relationship with me or you're not reading your Bible very much, he's not saying, wow, what's wrong with you? He's saying, there's more that you're missing out on and I want you to be a part of it. So the invitation is open. To get to know Jesus better. So here's the deal. If you feel like you could read your Bible more and you don't read it enough and you want to read our John, we have a Bible study written just, I wrote it just for you guys in the book of John. It's 21 days or if you want to start smaller, we've got one in Jonah, which is wild because if you think you know the story of Jonah, get that Bible study. You have no idea. There's so much more. That's a seven day one. Come to me and we'll get you those, those papers. They're in the night room. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, Come talk to me or Jasper or Kevin. Us adults, we're here so that you would meet Jesus and get to know him better. Okay? This is what we're made to do. And you can't expect to be a good friend or have um, the right kinds of friends if this is not true of you, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So come talk to one of us. Okay? Again, Bible study plans for me or Jasper and Kevin, they know where they are. They're over by the Bibles next door. They can help you too. And if we run out, we can always print more. It's just on my computer right here. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, come talk to one of us. Okay? I want to pray, um, and then we're going to be done. Here we go. Father, thank you so much for this story that Jesus told. Uh, or, uh, kind of the story, I guess. Um, 
But I just pray, God, um, that you would help us to get to know you better, like Jesus said. Um, that, that you would help us to um, trust you and love you so that we can be the people we were made to be um, and find the friends that are going to be the best kind of friends for us. I pray for these students, God, that you give them confidence to be the people you made them to be and make the right choices, um, choose the right friends, um, and cut off any of them for a bit that they may need to that are dragging them back um, and not helping them focus and distracting them. Um, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.